So we're on our fifth week. Um, uh, we're on our fifth week of our Reset Summer Series on the 23rd Psalm. And the title that I was given was Come to the Table. So let's read verse 5 together of Psalm 23. It breaks easily into kind of two halves. So it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. So if we take that first line, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now if we imagine this flock of sheep in this psalm are approaching the high mountain country, which would generally be in the summer months. You don't be on, on the top of the mountain when, there's, uh, when it's snowy, do you? That would just be stupid. So the higher ground is known as the outlands or the tablelands. And they're sought after by shepherds. And the high plateau of the sheep ranges are referred to as mesas. Uh, if I'm saying that right, I'm probably not because I am rubbish at languages. So um, if you want to correct me later, then you can always do that. Okay, so uh, it's a Spanish word for tables. And the Kishwahili African word for table is also mesa. So, are you laughing because you do know how to pronounce it? Oh, okay. So, the word table is referred to a high, flat top plateau. And the classic example, uh, those of you that travel, uh, is Table Mountain in. Does anybody know where that is? Countdown, well done. Well done. Marvellous. So probably a different image to what some of us may have in our minds when we think of a table. So for a table for us, we might think of sitting down and having a meal. Yeah. In fact, I still think that's an amazing image of, because normally if you're in battle, you wouldn't sit down. You might, have a, you might have a burger to go or a wrap that you might be chewing on whilst you're fighting, but you wouldn't sit down with a plate and knives and forks and a glass, would you? generally so to the, whatever whether you're on the table mountain or whether you're sitting at a table the image works just as well which is great so i uh, i it invites us to kind of have a leisurely time with a meal with a knife and fork a position of vulnerability because essentially if you sat at the table eating a meal anybody could attack you couldn't they so i mean it does seem a bit bonkers doesn't it so, um, but don't forget, um, we're in the um, we're the sheep in this psalm. So don't forget when we're talking about these sheep, it means me and also you. All right. So when we've heard about all these sheep that can be a bit daft, then that means us. And I'm including you in that. I'm not on my own. So a shepherd would take the flock to a table of the mountain to a place where the sheep can enjoy wonderful foliage and delightful springs that is already prepared for them. But the shepherd knows that there are predators around, and particularly wolves, coyotes, cougars, and bears. Now, I imagine you're wondering, well, that's all very well and good, but I haven't heard of a coyote in this country, um, and we don't necessarily see many bears. So what is it in England, So, or in Great Britain? So I looked it up, you know. I did my research, and apparently it's eagles. Did you know that? I was really shocked. I was like, oh, what's that? So eagles or red foxes. 
Red foxes take out, take out sheep. Could not believe that. Anyway, so that's the issue in Great Britain. And I found out that apparently they're looking at bringing lynxes back. Have you heard of lynxes? So there's been a big dialogue. I saw loads of stuff on Tinterweb saying about the fact they're looking at bringing lynxes back because of tackling a whole load of different things. But I don't think it's actually happened yet, but they're thinking of doing it. But I'm sure there's somebody that'll update me at the end, <laughs> if I've got it wrong. So... From that point of view, it's because they're wanting to rewild and they've found it popular in other countries. So, now predators can instill fear into the sheep. And the alertness of the shepherd can prevent the sheep falling prey to attack. So remember that Vicky encouraged us last week, and if you weren't here, then you can listen to it on podcast. She encouraged us that it was a re- the place of safety is being really close to the shepherd. That's what she said. So the distant sheep or the roamers or the wanderers, then if that's you, watch out, because generally they're always the ones that get picked off by the predators. So you know when you're kind of like, I'm like that, right, I'm standing right next. It's like being next to the teacher. I don't care what people think, I'm going to stand right next to the shepherd if I can. Okay, so the same is true for us. We can get integrate ourselves into great difficulty. We can be struck and dumb. Um, uh, sometimes we can be unable to even call out for help. There's those times where you hear about people that have been in immense situations and they're just like, they open their mouth and nothing comes out. They can call out for help or they can crumple in a heap. Roy spoke to us when he did his week and he spoke to about sheep that are cast, remember, where they can fall over and fall onto their backs. Um, And from that point of view, then then that's really not great at all. So, but Jesus wants our mountaintop experience to be tranquil. Because often it follows after a time in the valley. So when you've had a time in the valley, you want a mountaintop, don't you? And you want it to be wonderful and you want it to be great. So, if that's you, then stay close to Jesus. How? So we need to be reading our word, spending time in his house, spend time with others that are close to Jesus, spend time in praise and worship and share your challenges with Jesus. Now the shepherd's preparation is to remove poisonous weeds. So we heard from uh, and clear out the water holes. We heard that from Joe. Joe spoke to us about lying down in green pastures. And, uh, and about the fact that the shepherd sorts out all of that and he clears stuff out. And that's a huge amount of work and preparation of the table, the messers of the shepherd's flock. Now, our great shepherd has gone before us and he's, he was fully human and he understands the difficulties that we get ourselves into. So he has such care and compassion And he wants to take away fear from sheep. Did you hear that? He wants to take away fear from the sheep. Because sheep react differently when they're frightened. They do silly things. Now Adam has a job that requires him going into court. I've had his permission to say this. Uh, It requires him going into court and he has to deliver evidence 
on behalf of the council in their litigation cases, which he does very fine and very well, with no problem. Now, send him to McDonald's on the drive-through, and we have found that we never get what we actually ask for. Because once he's in front of that speaker, where they say, can I take your order? He goes, and starts stuttering, he gets the wrong order. We say, why have I got medium? Oh, I forgot, I didn't get large. Um, did I, why have I got, why have I got Fanta and I haven't got Diet Coke? I don't know, I don't know, I just got all mixed up. So we've learned that we cannot send him alone to the McDonald's drive-string, that we have to send a member of the family with him and we have to go, we have to prompt him. Now he's fine in a court, and not in a McDonald's drive-through. <laughs> so we've learned as a family, and we do tease him about it. Um, so yeah, that's very amusing. And I have just as many things that I do that I stuff up. So when I, I get frightened or fearful, we do silly things. Now it struck me when I was preparing for this that as I know from my own experience, there are certain things that cause fear. And if we let them take hold, it changes everything. And you can spiral downwards. I'm sure none of you have ever done that. But you can start in one place, and then all of a sudden, within about 30 seconds, the world has ended, whoever it is is dead and buried, and life is going to have changed completely, and nothing, nothing's going to be ever the same. I'm sure you never do that. Um, but it happens to me. I can see a few nods, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. So... From that point of view, I've got, um, it's all about trusting in God's word. And we heard that today, and we've heard that about trusting in God's word. And it's what's happening in our mind. Now, I've got an anaesthetist colleague who uh, was talking to me, and they'd said that what they do is they've learned that when they put patients to sleep for an operation, not for good, uh, when they put patients to sleep for an operation, in actual fact, what they do is they, um, they talk to them and ask them about uh, their happy place, about thinking of a place that's where, where do they most like to be. And the they will ask some questions about it, and they will say about, they could be on the beach in Jamaica, it could be a beach in this country, it could be up a mountain top or somewhere, and they'll get them to describe it. And they said that they found that by doing this, that when they anaesthetise the patient, the patient, because they're less fearful and they're in a good place here, they don't need as much medication, they don't need as much painkillers, because in actual fact they feel safe and cared for. Which is what Joe said the other week, wasn't he, when he said about if the sheep feel safe, they are able to lie down in green pastures. That incredible. So whilst I've learned that whilst we can make assumptions about outcomes of what will be or could be, we don't actually know. And I'm talk, not just talking about positive thinking, because sometimes people say, oh yeah, it's about being positive, isn't it? No, it's not about positive thinking. It's about the sovereignty of God. Because it's the power of the Holy Spirit. The only person who truly knows the outcome of your situation is God. 
And no matter what science may say, or research, or facts and figures, they may give indications, but in actual fact, I've seen so many folks that have survived and thrived, and I don't just mean in, in a medical sense, I mean relationships that people have said, oh, that'll never work out, and 30, 40 years on, they're doing fine and well. Uh, financial circumstances, faith journeys, church communities, and many more. We are in the care and control of Christ. And he has prepared a table for us in plain sight of our enemies. And despite, but having said that, despite the shepherd going before us, predators can still attack. Poisonous weeds still grow and storms and gales still occur on the peaks of the, with the, along with foxes and eagle attacks. Unless you're in another country and it's a bear and a cougar. And often we don't realise the personal cost to the shepherd, our great shepherd, the lonely agony of Gethsemane, Pilate's Hall, Calvary. The cost is more than we can imagine. It's the greatest, deepest demonstration of true love the world has ever known. It meant laying aside his splendour, his prerogatives as the faultless one, that he would be ridiculed, face false accusations, rumours, gossip, malicious changes. He was branded as a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of sinners, and even an imposter. He suffered physical and mental and physical and mental anguish and spiritual agony. And that is why he is our saviour. Because whatever you are facing, he understands. And Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the full. And you know, the shepherd is thrilled when he sees you having thriving on the rich summer plains. It's one of the highlights of the shepherd's year when they see the sheep on those high mountain tops. I don't know about you, but when I see, uh, when it's my family and we're out and about and we're doing something, we're having fun, it gives me such pleasure. You know, and you just have that, there's an element where Adam and I have often talked about it and we go, I know it's cost a fortune. It's normally what happens, isn't it? I know it's cost a fortune, but you can see they're happy. Or I know it was a lot of effort to drive all the way wherever, but it was definitely worth it. And I know that's the same. When uh, we were talking again in the prayer this morning, we've got a pastoral WhatsApp. Um, and we were doing something last week when we were rehearsing, we were doing a song. And there was something that brought back to me um, where we'd been praying. Sorry, I wasn't going to share this, Paul. But we were pray- we'd been praying for Paul. And it's been a tough time, hasn't it? But when we, were, when we were rehearsing, we were singing this song about how God had just overcome everything. And you know, there's such sense of joy 
that fills my soul because I've been able to watch what God's done and what the Holy Spirit has done. And it's nothing to do with me, but wow, to have a ringside seat. And we know that there's loads of risks because it was really scary at times. But to have a ringside seat, and there's such stuff for some of you that I, I can't help it, and I end up in tears, and the kids laugh at me, and they go, Mum, what are you like? And I go, I can't help it. What God has done is amazing. You see... His desire is to see us living above the mundane level of common humanity. And he's thrilled when we walk in ways of holiness, of selflessness, of serene contentment in his care and aware of the presence, enjoying the intimacy of his companionship. So on to the second half of the verse. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. So I'm not sure if you guys are the same, but over the last few years, I seem to have become very tasty to uh, flies and uh, winged creatures. And it is causing me some quite distress. So much so that I've even got to the point where I've started to have to use this when I go out in the back garden. I used to just have to use it when I went abroad, but now I have to use this spray because they fly through my trousers and I get little things that I've got bites and it dries me round the bend and I end up at night, I'm sure nobody else has done this, I end up scraping and scraping around it and it goes really swollen and I look like an old woman with if it's on my ankle. And uh, so then I, I found uh, some bite sting. Again, I was thinking, this is ridiculous. So I'm, I'm spraying it all over and I, I'm, I'm carrying it with me in my handbag because it's so ridiculous. So I don't know whether any of you are, but I have this. It's my nightmare. I'm like, oh, flipping it. So even if I go and sit out in the garden, I've got to spray myself beforehand. Now, when we look at this verse, I don't know whether you remember, but in actual fact, it talks, Joe talked about the different flies. He went into some detail about the flies, which I'm not going to do. But what would happen is that in actual fact, the flies cause the sheep great distress. A bit like me with those uh, flies. So when we look at this psalm, verse by verse, we remember that it reflects the whole year in the sheep's life. And it would appear that the sheep have made it to the wonderful clear views and the running springs and the tender foliage and the intimate close contact of the shepherd. But there's always a but, isn't there? We've got those flies. So that's when in a time of torture for the sheep, because they can be almost to drive them to distraction, there is another irritant for the sheep, which is called scab. Now, scab is a highly contagious disease among sheep, uh, and uh, Joe referred to um, some of the stuff of what the what they used to do, what they do with the dips. So they dip the sheep, and in the warm weather, the scab can th- go across the entire flock by direct contact. And I found out that apparently, from reading this book, sheep love to uh, rub heads. It's an affectionate, friendly thing. I thought, oh, that's nice, isn't it? That when you see them rubbing heads, that's an affectionate thing. But they also, a bit like me when I'm scrubbing my legs, 
when I'm at night or after I've been bitten. The thing that sheep do is they bang their heads against rocks, against trees, against whatever they can see. They rub their head in the soil to try and get rid of these flies and because of it itching. And I was thinking, that's actually, that sometimes it can feel a bit like that, can't it, for us? When we've got something, you feel like you're banging your head. So many shepherds take what they use is an antidote. And what they do is that they can apply an antidote. And do you know what the antidote is? It is an oil. And it generally has some sulphur and some spices in it. And they put the oil on the head. And because it's so difficult, like Joe told us, they use the dips with the troughs where you see them put in. In actual fact, the most difficult thing to treat is the head. And I thought, mm, that's an interesting parallel, isn't it? It's normally the way, isn't it? The difficult thing is the head. And in actual fact, the shepherd takes great care with the head. So he will often treat the head personally himself and he'll put oil on it. And in actual fact, despite the fact that the shepherd, the sheep might have been in a bit of a craze, because when the flies come, they're almost a bit like giddying around because they're trying to avoid the flies. And I know, so we don't have to laugh at the sheep, because I've seen how some people behave when there's a bee or a wasp. Uh, uh, and how much you, you jump up. Or I could say a spider, and that'll bring a few more in. <laughs> and you suddenly run like the, like the wind. So in actual fact, what the shepherd does is he gets some oil, a bit like I've got some oil this morning. He gets the oil and he puts it on the head. And as he anoints it with oil, the antidote is instant. It brings instant relief and it means that the sheep can lie down. Isn't that amazing? Because they're suddenly relieved. A bit like when I put that sting thing on, I instantly, the pain goes and I stop scrubbing my leg. Now sometimes, because I use antidotes at work, and sometimes when I use an antidote, we just need one dose, one shot, and it's fine. But... It says that, in actual fact, it's not a, just a one-shot. Of which I can actually relate to that because when I use antidotes at work, there are some times where you give one shot and you think, oh, that's, that's, it's definitely that drug that's caused the problem and therefore that, that's, that's changed it around. But sometimes there's still some stuff in the body and so therefore you have to give, keep giving a few more shots until it's worked out of the body. That makes sense? And so therefore, if that's what we have to do from a medicine point of view, and we know that the shepherds, they can't just put one lot of oil on and that's it, that's them done for the summer. They have to keep putting the oil on. So if that's the case, then surely that would be the case for us, that although we may have some oil or we may have an anointing of the Holy Spirit, we may need it more times. And the shepherd's attention to the herd is really important because I'd suggest that sense of the flies or the scab or any of that, that's almost like fear. 
Because when something comes on, when we're given a report, when we're given a, 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 some, somebody said this is what's going to happen, it almost clouds over us, doesn't it? Like a sense of fear. And the oil is the antidote that gets rid of that fear. You know, we all need a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we can ask for the Holy Spirit to just come and anoint us afresh. As Christians, most of our contamination by the world comes through our mind. And we've got a phrase, haven't we, when we've got it into our head, that all of our thoughts, ideas, impulses, drives, desires are shaped and moulded through the exposure of our minds. The Bible teaches us in Philippians 4 verse 8, it says, finally, brothers, whatever is honourable, whatever is true, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and practice them and the peace of God will be with you. Now, when we have a day at the beach with sun and sand and sunscreen and salty water and ice cream and whatever else happens in the day, generally we have a shower or a bath afterwards and wash the day off and freshen up. And we do this da daily. Well, hopefully we do. Um, and that's to keep our body clean and to uh, smell fresh for ourselves and for others. And we physically wash and cleanse ourselves. And if we do that physically, then surely we have to recognise that spiritually we would really benefit from an anointing of oil. Now, like stubborn sheep, we struggle and we kick and we protest when the master puts his hand on us. And even when he's doing it for our own good, we still rebel and we refuse to have him help us when actually we really need it, desperately. And you know, we do need the presence of the Holy Spirit to help us grasp the power of his word to help us through life. Now the cup of oil that the shepherd carries doesn't run out. Isn't that wonderful? It never runs out. And so we can be anointed over and over and over and over and over and over and over. I haven't got stuck. And over and over again. Which helps give us relief from symptoms causing irritation and agitation and protection from predators and from the symptoms of contamination and sin affecting our life. It's an overflowing cup. Now to finish, I've got, don't put them on just yet, I've got a couple of, uh, I've got three lies. I looked at this and I was thinking now, I really need to think about this because I felt really strongly that I felt really led by the Holy Spirit that I'm going to offer that we're going to anoint people with oil. Now, it's not particularly special in some senses. It's a normal anointing oil. It's got 
frankincense, myrrh, and it smells nice, spikeweed, and it, I don't know, it's a normal anointing oil, I don't know. No, it's not particularly, in itself, it's not particularly special. But there was something, you know, sometimes where you need to do something physical, because when you do something physical, it's kind of a reflection of what's happening spiritually. And I know, I know what you as a congregation are like, and I love you all dearly, but you are very much a case of, um, I'll sit back and I'll, I'll amuse it and I'll think. As opposed to sometimes when I go to other churches and they're all like, and uh, don't, don't, I'm not knocking you because uh, you're, it always says that you're a reflection of the leaders. And I know that we three are a bit kind of sat back and we kind of like to wait and pause. And so it's not, a, it's not I'm not being derogatory. But there is something where it may be that God's been saying something to you. And it might be, actually, I really need, I really need some protection. I need some protection from some predators. It might be like me, that you're suffering with some pesky little horsefly or something like that that you need some protection from. And from that point of view, all, we, all we're going to do is have a little dot on your forehead. I'm not trying to make your hair all greasy. I'm not going to chuck it all over you because I've got enough, but it does go a long way or perhaps on your temples, to say, actually, we're going to anoint you with oil. Because we're saying, we're asking the Holy Spirit, really felt that the Holy Spirit wants to give a fresh anointing. And when we think about the worship and the way that God's been today, he's here. So the first lie, Jack, that we've got is... That in actual fact, we think as sheep that we're going to arrive at a destination, we're going to lie and be still and be able to chill. Chill is a very common word in our word at the moment, isn't it? I just want to chillax. I just want to chill. But in actual fact, the truth is, is that the shepherd is constantly moving us forward because the shepherd knows that if he leaves the sheep in one place, they will ruin the ground and there will be nothing left. So when you're upset because you're thinking, I just wanted to just be here for a bit longer, it's not because you're being forlorn. It's because the shepherd is going, come on, we can't just stay there. You've got to keep moving. The second lie is that we think that we're less than or that we're being needy or greedy if we ask for help from the Holy Spirit. There's somebody else more important than me. Oh, no, deal with them because, I'll, you know, I'll have something after. Whereas the truth is, we need the antidote. We need a fresh anointing from the Holy Spirit, which offers relief from our symptoms. And our third lie is that we can often feel like we survive on our own without the shepherd or the flock. And the truth is, is that if we're distant or we wander or picked off by predators, there are those that stay close to the shepherd, are safe and reassured. So I'm going to ask the team if they can come up. And I've bought some oil. I'm just going to ask if we can stand. Is that okay?
Because I really believe that some of you have had some irritants and aggravations that have been causing you distress. And the shepherd has got the antidote for that, the anointing oil. For you young people, I want to tell you that God has got a plan for you and it's full of hope. You know, when it comes to fear, there's a whole host where it's on the news where they are saying they are sharing doom and gloom. They are saying you're not going to be able to afford your, pet, your, your, your bills, that you're not going to be able to afford to eat, that you're not going to be able to do this. Can I tell you that God is the provider and he is our strength and stay. And that does not mean that I am not got a foot in this world, but I am telling you that God will make a way. And that he does not want us to be living in fear. Some of you are letting fear grip your souls. And I've been in that place myself. And you know what? Sometimes you listen too much to the accuser of the brethren. And in actual fact, God says, I'll make it enough. He gave us examples of the widow with a pot of oil and it never ran out. His cup never runs out of oil. So if you are wanting an anointing of oil this morning, will you come to the front? Because I really think that some of you just need that. And we are going to just spend a moment. If there's anybody that comes forward, then come forward now. And then we are going to close in, in with some worship.